Okay, this is Numbers 11, verse 5. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt. We also remember the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. At no cost. Now this is Numbers 13. Verse 25, just two chapters after. After exploring the land for 40 days, what land? This is the promised land. This is the land flowing with milk and honey. This is the land that God had promised through Moses. And they've just come back from a spy mission, 10 men, where they went and looked at the land. And when they returned, here was their report. They reported this to the whole community in verse 27. We entered the land you sent us to explore. It was indeed bountiful, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But, everyone say but. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites are there, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, all these different enemies are there, which by the way, God... God told them would be there. I think it's amazing when we face opposition in life when we're surprised. <laughs> but God didn't say life was going to be perfect. He just said he's going to be faithful through it and he was going to see you through it. So they're freaking out about an enemy God had already told them about. Verse 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people. He said, let's go at once. Let's conquer the land. We can certainly conquer it. Verse 31, here's our third but. But the other men who had explored the land with them disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread a bad report. Notice, please hear this. They spread a bad report about the land. This is their promise. And they're speaking a negative report. If you read from the old King James, an evil report. They're staring at their destiny and they're speaking a bad report over it. <laughs> wow. This land that we explored, it will devour people. Like it is like man eating dirt. <laughs> All the people we saw were huge, even giants. They're descendants of Enoch. Next to them, here's the big verse. Look at this, 33. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. I just want to preach for a few moments from the subject. Egypt is not an option. Egypt is not an option. I believe there's a word in the house today for somebody, and I believe we're going to leave encouraged today. Egypt is not an option. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. I'm just praying for every person in the room, no matter where we're at in our journey, no matter how familiar we are with church or not, or even with you. I just, my prayer is that people would leave today saying, yeah, I heard from God. And I believe God is good. I believe God is for me. And, and I'm leaving encouraged. And I'm leaving just a little closer on my journey. So speak now, Lord. We're, we're listening. We're leaning in. And we're believing you for a word. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen and amen. Egypt is not an option. So we find ourselves in Numbers chapter 11 just a few weeks after what I would consider the second greatest miracle in all of Scripture. I'll give the first greatest miracle to the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ when he conquered death and sin for us. But after that, no doubt the greatest miracle you will see in all of Scripture is 
the children of Israel, three million Israelites, supernaturally, undeniably, instantaneously delivered from the hand of Egypt. After 400 years of slavery, 400 years of oppression, 400 years of abuse, God delivers them by his mighty right hand. And by the way, they didn't just walk out. They walked out with all of the silver and gold of Egypt. I mean, what an incredible miracle. And now two weeks in to the journey. Think about this. They are two weeks into the miracle. They have seen the Red Sea split before their eyes. They have seen Pharaoh devoured by the waters. They have seen a pillar of smoke by day that kept them cool and a pillar of fire by night that kept them warm. They have seen manna fall from heaven. They have seen a rock split and pour out fresh water. By the way, that rock followed them wherever they went. I mean, they had a constant Dasani water with them at all times. This is unbelievable. They, I mean, they're, they've not only seen miracles, they're living in a miracle. They're now in the in-between place between where they were, Egypt, and where they're going, the promised land. They're in a place called the wilderness. And in the wilderness, Staring at their promise, they look at Moses and they go, we just really miss the free fish dinners in Egypt. Oh, the casinos in Egypt used to compass buffets and we're missing the crab legs, Moses. <sighs> Think about it. Think about where they went in their mind that they chose to remember the fish, the garlic and the onions, and they chose to forget about the abuse, <laughs> the brick making, the whipping post, the murder, the death, the rape, the pain, the separation, the humiliation, the evil slavery that they were a part of generation after generation after generation and they somehow were able to ignore that over some some garlic and onions you know that they actually tell us there's a syndrome called the stockholm syndrome and it is when a a captive person actually falls in love and becomes loyal to their captor they they choose to only see the good in their captor and they end up loving them and becoming loyal to them. The, the very person that is keeping them bound, they've fallen in love with, and they can no longer see the bondage that they're in. And I, I fear so many times for believers because I think this is where so many of us land. See, we, we read this and we go, oh my gosh, these guys are crazy. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that we must learn from them because they are an example of what not to do. That if we're not careful, we will be the people of God, delivered out of the kingdom of darkness, loved by God, chosen by God, accepted by God, called by God, the people of God, and not enter our promised land. We end up going to heaven, but we never experience heaven on earth. We, we, we're loved by God, but we never experience the fullness of God. We, we're going to heaven, but we never see the promises of God fulfilled in our lives. So we end up becoming wilderness wanderers that never walk in the fullness of what God has. But I feel like someone's in the room today who says, I'm going to get everything God has for me. I believe there's a land for me. I believe there's good days for me and my family, my future, my finances, my health. And I refuse to die in the wilderness. 
I'm going into my promise. Can I get one amen real quick? And I'm going I'm to keep moving. So I want to give you three things I see from the text that I believe will help you tonight as you are walking in your promise. Next week, I'm starting a series on relationships, by the way. It's going to be fire. I'm going to be talking about, because I'm just telling you that because it's going to be really good and helpful. Today's more like, I'm just trying to stir somebody up to go, OMG, I'm, I, I need, I'm going to go for it with God. That's what tonight is. Next week, I'm going to be real practical again, okay? So I'm just telling you. I'm going to do, by the way, I'm going to do a talk for all you youngins in here, all you youngins. I'm going to do a talk on how to have a good date. Oh, you want to know right now. No, I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to, in a couple weeks, I'm going to tell because you know what y'all do? Y'all go on one date and you tell that person who you don't know everything about your life. And you just pull your heart out and go, here's everything. How about some mystery? Okay, that's for next week. I got to give you three, I got to give you three things. Here we go. Number one, choose your cost. Choose your cost. Choose your cost. Choose your cost. We, we remember the fish with no cost. Uh, no cost? How about, how about 400 years of slavery? How about that as a cost? Uh, no, no cost? How about, how about the violence? No cost? How, how amazing that they chose to, to ignore the cost. I recently, or not recently, it was a few years ago, and I was golfing with a friend, and he was talking about his ex-wife and how much he missed his ex-wife. And mind you, he was currently married to his new wife. Hello. <laughs> I got your attention. And so he's like, yeah, man, I just missed my ex so much. And I went, homie, homie, wait, 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 because I knew about his ex. I was like, she crazy. <laughs> she cheated on you. She left you. She took all your money. She don't love your kids. She took your dog, and she don't even like dogs. That really offended someone. Cheating, no big deal. The dog, oh my gosh, the dog. I mean, she wrecked this dude's life. And I go, I go, what are you talking about? You miss your ex. I said, and then you have a beautiful new wife. She's amazing. She loves you. She loves God. She loves the Lord. She loves the church. What's wrong with you? And he goes, I know, man, I know, but, but, my, but my ex, oh man, she could just cook so good. Y'all, I'm talking about garlic and onions tonight. I'm talking about, you, 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 you're, you're thinking about the cooking, but you're forgetting about all the pain she put you and your family through. And it's so, and it's so easy to just, to just get caught in one little thing and you start talking about the good old days that weren't that good. And, 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 and they said, we, we remember that we could eat with no cost. Everything has a cost. Let me just say this. Let me say this. Everything, good or bad, everything has a cost. You have to choose your cost. Let me just help you with a few of these real quick. Like, like there's the cost of success and there's the cost of laziness. Both have a cost. Yeah. Like everyone in here, I want to make more money. If I said who wants to make more money, y'all say I want to make more money. We'll go get a second job. Well, Yeah. You know, I've never, I've never not had multiple streams of income. Since I was 18, I've always had two jobs. 
And, and for, I mean, y'all, you could just Uber for a couple hours a week, make some money. I don't like people. You could do Uber Eats. I don't want my car to stink. Roll down the windows. You're, you're just going to have to decide, do you, are you going to pay the cost of success or the cost of laziness? You, you might, like, I'm going to pay the cost of success. People say, how do you work so much? Because I know the kind of life I want my wife and I to live and our family to have. And yes, it demands a lot, but I'm paying a price right now so I don't have to pay it later. It, you just, you're going you're to have to decide your cost. You're going to have to decide your cost. Uh, the cost of a budget or the cost of debt? <laughs> Y'all know about debt, right? Debt is when you buy stuff you don't need to impress people you don't like. <laughs> okay, moving on. But the budget hurts. Yeah. It, it costs you something in the temporal, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm building a life of success and I just got to count my cost. Um, the cost of buying a home or the cost of leasing, you know, like eventually you got to buy a house, man. Well, you never know with this market. Well, we never know with markets. So eventually you just got to pull the trigger. You're not buying a house to try to flip it in, in a month. You're buying it. You're buying a sanctuary for your home for your family, and, and you make the investment. Well, we can't afford it. You actually probably can. It's, it's not that much. You, with, with a budget, you could probably save pretty quickly, like within a, at least two years, you could save the amount of money you need to buy a house. Wow. What if, it, what if the market goes down? It will, and then it'll go back up. Because <laughs> that's what markets do. The cost of living in God's promise over your life or the cost of regret? Both are going to cost you something. Like, destiny is not easy. <laughs> it's just worth it. And I would rather pay that cost than the cost of regret. Uh, here, here's, one, here's one for you children in here, you children. How about the cost of getting up early instead of the cost of living in a frenzy every morning? You're like, okay, I got to leave for work at 7.30. I need to wake up at 7.29. No. <laughs> See, you roll out of bed last minute, walk into work with wrinkled clothes and mocos in your eyes. Come on, somebody. All my Mexicans. I ain't got a moco in my eye. And you, want, and, and you got a pillow crease down your face and you're, going, and you're going, pray for me. I need favor with my boss. You don't need favor. You need a hot shower. You need to shave. You need to get your eyebrows did. And I'm talking about shaving, maybe a little wax here and there. Come on. So, hey, okay, praise the Lord a little. Okay. And you need to iron your clothes. You need to comb your hair. And you need to walk into work like a human, presentable. And you, and you know what's funny? A couple weeks into it, you'll be like, man, God's giving me favor at work. He hasn't. You just look nice. You just look presentable. So why don't, instead of waking up at 8.30, why don't you wake up at 6.30, get in the Word, pray, get your spirit ready, get a cup of coffee, take a shower, brush your teeth, get your clothes ready, drive to work at a normal speed instead of driving at 89 miles an hour trying to get to work, ah, all frantic mad. Then you get a ticket, then you need a miracle of financial provision. How about you just pay the cost? I'm trying to help you. Yeah. 
about the cost of sexual purity. Yeah, oh, I know it's 2019. I know it's 2019. I know this isn't popular. How about, how about sexual purity? How about I only express my sexuality with my spouse and nothing else? But I'm not married. Exactly. <laughs> that means you don't get to express yet. That's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you misunderstanding with people. You, you want to go, go back to your place? No, I don't go back to my place. Why not? Because I'm an idiot. And I know what I'll do at my place. So we go with Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Because there is no Netflix and chill. It's, there's no chill. There's nothing cold about it. It's spicy. It's caliente. Y'all can't even get through the intro of a show. You've already done something you know you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> It's going to cost. It's going to cost you something. Well, Jabin, what, what, what if that person doesn't understand and they, on to the next? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. But, but you, just have to, you just have to decide. Do you, do you want the regret and the shame? And you've given another piece of your heart away to someone you really don't know? Or are you okay being a little bit lonely and a whole lot holy? I'd rather be lonely and whole than entertained and broken. Preach. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, how about the cost of being a bold risk taker instead of living in fear? Like all I'm telling you is you're going to have to choose your cost, man. Start that business. What if it doesn't work? You took a step. You took a risk. Start another one. Go back to school. Try it. You might, you might hate it. You might love it. Go. Take a risk. Don't live in fear. Start that thing. Believe God for that thing. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I'm talking about you. Don't live, in the, don't live in the cost of fear because fear will make your life so small. I'm just telling you, choose your cost. And here's the amazing thing about garlic and onions. They were in Egypt, but hear me, they were also in the promised land. Like what you want is also in God. It's just God's way. So all you single people, there's, there's sex in the promised land. Yeah? It's just God's way. Yeah. There's, there's a career in the promised land. It's just God's way. There's, there's resources in the promise. It's just God's way. There were garlic and onions in the promised land. They just, their, their memories of the past were more real to them than the future God had for them. But I'm just telling someone, Egypt is not an option. Egypt is not an option. Egypt it's not an option. Every, everything that you want is on the other side of a bold step of faith. But you got to do it in God's way because see, in Egypt, they got the garlic and onions, but they had a harsh slave driver pushing them. And that's how you know you're not in real step with the Holy Spirit yet because you always feel pushed and you're tired and you're worn out. 
But see, outside of Egypt, they had a, they had a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that led them. The Holy Spirit doesn't drive you. He leads you. And I want to live a led life, not a driven life. In step with the tempo of the Holy Spirit instead of my own tempo. Egypt is not an option. Huh. Number two, choose your butt. <laughs> choose your butt. One T, one T, just one T there. Choose your butt. So eight spies, eight spies come back and they tell Moses, yo, Moses, uh, the land is awesome. It's flowing with milk and honey. Look at these grapes, Moses. Oh my gosh, they got grapes that, that are huge. They, they brought back fruit. They brought back different produce. They brought back honeycombs. I mean, they're like, this place is, it's everything God said it would be. It, I, mean, it, I mean, the cities and the, and the, and the fields and, the, and everything. Oh my gosh, Moses, it's incredible. Oh, OMG, Moses, it's everything you told us it was gonna be. But, but there's giants in the land and there's enemies in the land and, why, why are you surprised, man? God told you they were going to be there. And they couldn't see the possibility because they were so focused on the enemy. And, and eight men came back with what God called an evil report. And two men came back. Joshua and Caleb came back and they went, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, there's enemies. Yeah, there's giants. Yeah, there's fortified cities. But, <laughs> so you just got to choose where you put the butt. But God has been faithful. I feel like I could get a little bit of church right here, but God has been faithful. But God brought us out a mighty long way. God took us out of Egypt with silver and gold. God took us through the Red Sea. God, God, we saw Pharaoh drown with his army. What you talk, I know there's giants, but God has been awesome. And, I, and the only thing that I need to, to, to find as an indicator of my future is to look back on my past and see how good God has been to me. And if I just see how good he has been, I know how good he's going to be. Yes, there's giants, but we are well able Let's go take the land. And the only reason Caleb could say we are well able is because he knew God was well able. He said, what are we talking about? So you got to know where to place your butt. So last week we received, for, for you who are new, we received what we call a miracle offering. It is a special offering that we are giving towards our new building. And here's what real estate agents are telling me right now. They're saying, Jabin, they're saying, Commercial real estate has never been higher in our city than right now, even higher than before the recession. Raiders, hashtag Raiders. And so, um, so, so here's the deal. I gotta be very careful about my butt because here's what I could say. I could say, yeah, you know what? The church really gave. The church is so generous. The church is so faithful. Church, you know, they just really love what God's doing. The church, man, just, they love me. Okay. They're really behind the vision. They're really, God bless you. Thank you. I needed something. That's funny. That's a good one. That, you should do that like ladies if a dude asks you out tonight after feeling bold about this talk. Just go. 
and then walk away. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and, and I could say, man, people are so sold out. People are so generous. It was so amazing. But, man, commercial real estate's never been more expensive. And, and I could just talk myself right out of the miracle God's doing. Or, or I could say, man, commercial real estate's never been more expensive than it is right now. But... Our church is on fire. Our church is generous. Our church loves Jesus. Our church is behind the vision. Our church is going all in. And I know God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Because for 18 months, we have seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And I know God is setting us up for the greatest miracle we've ever seen. Come on, can I get some faith? But, y'all, you got to choose your butt. Or you will talk yourself right into defeat. Wow. Eight men looked at the same circumstance as Joshua and Caleb, and they couldn't see the miracle in the making. But Joshua and Caleb had a different view, a different perspective, a different way of looking at it. And they said, we are well able to take the land. And I just want to tell someone tonight, you're well able to do everything God's called you to do. Lastly, you got to choose your future. Choose your future. Choose your cost. Choose your butt. Choose your future. Here's, here's what they said in verse 33. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Here's the amazing thing about feelings. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, so is he. So my my feelings are defining me. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks, so as a man feels, so is he. As a man, your inward dialogue is shaping your life. And they said, "We, we looked at them and we felt like grasshoppers. We felt, we felt. Uh, here's just a little bit of life advice. We don't live by feelings. Hello. We don't live by feelings. Because feelings are fickle. Feelings come and go. You know, there are days that I, I go to my little back room there and I pray. And there are days that I pray and I feel like a man of God. I mean, I feel, Mike, I feel like the Apostle Paul. I feel like Elijah. I'm like, I better stop praying. Fire is going to fall right now. Like, I feel it. I feel it. And there are days that I go in there and I pray and I feel like a grasshopper. (laughs) But I don't live by how I feel because feelings come and go. So I go by the fact I don't need to feel like a man of God. I'm a man of God. I don't need to feel like I'm called to ministry. I am called to ministry. I don't need to feel like helping people today. I'm going to help people today because that's the call of God on my life. I'm going to encourage someone, love someone, help someone, lead someone to Jesus. That's what I, I don't do it according to feelings. Friend, if I live my life according to feelings, I wouldn't be here. And I don't mean, I don't mean here physically. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be in the game. I wouldn't, even be, I wouldn't even be on the field anymore because feelings can come and just take you out so fast. Like, you want to stay married? You can't live by feelings. We just fell out of love. Fall back in. You don't, we don't feel. Like, my wife and I have been married for 13 years. We haven't always felt it. Some days we do. Some days we float through the house. Just like, oh, my God, I love being married to you. You're so fine. 
Come on, married people. And there's other days you look at that person, you go, how did we, how did this happen? That's how she feels about me. That's what, no. Right? Come on, come on, married people. Why are y'all going to leave me? All the single people in here are like, no, I'm never going to feel that way. I'm going to marry my soulmate. Okay, cool. But for real life, there's just, see, there's days, there's seasons, there's moments where you don't live by feelings. You live by, God put us together. We're going to work this out. We're going to pray this through. We're going to kiss this through. We're going to date this through. We're going to get through this thing in Jesus' name. And then you come out on the other side and you go, thank God we didn't let feelings define our relationship. Right? I mean, and that's going to happen in every area of your life. We felt like grasshoppers. Who cares? Feelings come and go. I'm not saying deny your feelings. But I am saying address them. See, when in the book of Joel, the prophet Joel said, let the weak say I'm strong. He's not saying to deny how you feel. He's saying, deny your feelings authority. Okay, okay, okay. I'm weak. I'm not denying that I'm weak, but I'm going to say I'm strong. I'm not denying the fact that I'm weak right now, but I'm denying my emotions authority I'm going to say what God says. That, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying be in denial. I'm just saying you can't live by feelings. By the way, by the way, we felt like grasshoppers. Here it is. And they thought so too. So what, now we can read people's thoughts? Because <laughs> what you really think about yourself, you'll project on others. I feel like Dr. Phil right now. I feel like I'm helping somebody. That's why you must have a, a healthy self-image. Because it's not just hurting you. It's going to hurt everyone around you. Yeah? And so they said, they said, we know they think the same thing. Wait a minute. They didn't even know you were there. You were a spy, bro. Moses is like, they thought that? Weren't y'all like 007? Weren't y'all all like hiding out? Like, did they even, they didn't see us, right? They didn't see you. Oh, yeah, well. Because fear is irrational. Oh, the lights are turning off. There we go. Let's turn the lights back on, guys. I still have more time. Thank you. My lighting guys don't like my sermon. Okay. And so, I, I fear is irrational. See, sometimes I get up here and I preach crazy things and you're like, man, Jabin's crazy. No, fear is crazy. Well, you know, they think the same thing. They, they didn't know what they thought. But because they felt like grasshoppers, that's what they projected. Wow. But friend, you're going to have to choose your future. Eight spies said that, but then two spies, we have the keys come up. Two spies said, said no, 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 no. We're well able to take the land. And I love what Caleb says. He says, let's go do it right now. In other words, I don't want to think myself out of this, feel myself out of this, talk myself out of this. I've got faith right now to do it. Let's go. There's something about that moment. And he says, we are well able. And I just want to tell someone today, you're well able. 
I want to tell you, you have everything on the inside of you to do everything God's called you to do. I'm not in denial of the giants or of the enemies in the land, but I am telling you there is a land for you. There is a good place for you. There is a future for you. Come on, somebody say amen right now. There is a hope and a promise for you, and you are well able to do everything. I declare in Jesus' name, we are not grasshoppers. We are the children of Almighty God. And wherever we set our foot, God says he will give it to us. Can I just tell you everything that is on the inside of you, everything that you're seeing, that you believe is for you and for your family, it is for you. You can have it. You can step into it. It's going to take guts. It's going to take courage. It's going to take determination. It's going to take a cost. But I choose the cost of taking a radical step of faith and seeing it come to pass. You're well able. I'm well able. We are well able and we will see everything God has for us in the name of Jesus. Come on, say amen. Clap your hands. Praise the Lord tonight. By by the way, they said they feel that way about us too, but here's what we find out. That whole generation never got to enter the promise except for Joshua and Caleb. And now about 40 years later, Joshua, Caleb, and the whole next generation finally cross Jordan. They go into the promised land. And here's what the Bible said. Here's what the Bible said in Joshua 6. It said that Jericho was tightly shut up because of the fear of Israel. In other words, the enemy was afraid of them. Y'all scared of the devil. The devil's scared of you. And you think he thinks you're a grasshopper. No, no, no. The devil's just afraid that you'll finally have a revelation that you are not a grasshopper. You are not a worm. You are not just a sinner, but you are a child of Almighty God, loved by God, called by God, anointed by God. The supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is upon you. And the moment, the moment you believe it is the moment you can inherit everything God has for you. Wow. Praise the Lord. So they're at the edge of the Jordan. And they have to cross the Jordan to enter into their promise. And the Jordan River is an amazing river because every time you see the Jordan River in Scripture, you, you find transition. It was, it was where they crossed over into their promise. It was where Elijah and Elisha had their moment of transition. And it's where Jesus had that moment of transition into full-time ministry. The Lord Jesus, God in flesh, for the first 30 years lived a very hidden life. He was just Joseph's son, the carpenter's boy. But on his 30th year, it was time to go into ministry and it was time for him to fulfill the very thing that he came to earth to do. And so he entered into the waters of baptism And he said, y'all just think of me as a carpenter's son. You just think of me as that Nazarene. You just think of me as Joseph boy. And in the waters of baptism, he died to that image. And he rose out of the water. And the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon him for ministry. And the Bible says the voice of the Father spoke an affirmation over him. And then he stepped into everything that God had for him. And in baptism tonight, many are going to be water baptized. What a beautiful moment. What an awesome moment. It is the moment where you tell the whole world, hey, 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 that old life, I'm done with that old life. 
That old me, I'm done with that old me. Egypt, <laughs> it's not an option. I'm dying to that life. And then when we come out of the water, we're raised into new life. We're letting, we're letting the world know. I've received new life.